0: Welcome, welcome all to the Pro to Quality World Podcast. This is your host JT, my the pride of your man, Welcome in, brother man, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. We came off a wild weekend of football, a lot of good games. We had one dud, but all in all, it was a great weekend of surprises and, you know, teams floundering down the stretch, a la, you know, the Chargers are going to charge her, but all in all, great football. The Bengals were a... You know, a bobbled uh, hail mary pass away from potentially going into overtime. Wild weekend, dude.
0: Yeah, man. It actually lived up to its name, Super Wild Card Weekend. I refuse to say that name, but this weekend it was Super Wild Card Weekend. Every game besides the the Cowboys Buccaneers game was was close, was intriguing. Um, there were times where I thought the Miami Dolphins were going to win for ten minutes of that game. I thought for a moment before the fumble that went the other way with the with the Ravens and uh, the Bengals game. I thought for for a while they were gonna win that game. I mean, there was a lot of like fun games to watch. Everything was close. We haven't even touched on the um, the Charges and uh, you know um, Jaguars debacle Saturday night. So it was it was fun. I was excited. I'm really looking forward to divisional round weekend, which is my favorite weekend of football. It's it's four amazing games, and it can't come here soon enough
1: mm-hmm yeah. likewise dude can't wait
0: well let's start right off uh with the the one of the bigger ones on saturday we got the jacksonville jaguars coming off that win against the san i guess the los angeles Chargers, taking on the kansas City chiefs uh puma who you got win this game bro
1: dude call me the psychopath same i'm taking same. the jacks i'm taking the jacks too. I'm taking the Jags and listen, you know, if you're looking on ESPN and you're looking at like, you know, the matchup predictor, you know, the Jags have a 22, essentially 22% chance of of winning this game. But here's the thing, you know, we saw the lowest of lows from Trevor Lawrence and you can attest to this, Jay, I know you're going to hit this, you know, in your segment about this game, but like Trevor Lawrence has a pedigree going all the way back to like, him being essentially an elementary school of not really knowing how to lose a game, and we saw that in Clemson, and you know he looked rattled. He looked rattled a lot down the stretch a little bit, and you know in the in the Tennessee game where they had to win and get in uh, to win the uh, the AFC South. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be honest with you. I thought this game was a wrap. I almost changed the channel uh, last week when it was 27 nothing you know chargers but you know doug peterson man that that guy's got onions he's got more onions in a grocery store and he did not give a damn he's like we're gonna we're going to throw ourselves back into this game they really didn't go away from kind of what got them there and you know they put the ball in trevor lawrence's hands and you know yeah lawrence made mistakes but his receivers had some crucial drops but i think like this you know group as a whole Kind of went over that that mountaintop, and you know I get it. They they have a huge juggernaut in the Kansas City Chiefs on the you know they're on the road going into Arrowhead, but I think you know with that adversity they faced last week, you know they at this point they they have to be feeling themselves and saying like we can essentially come back from anything at this point, and you know I think you're going to see a heavy dose of ETN, uh, Christian Kirk, uh, you know hopefully he gets rid of the stone hands. but I like trevor lawrence to squeak out a win here probably like a one point margin of victory it's going to be close but give me the jags
0: yeah same here and and i will i will ride that fence with you puma just because i i think what makes the jags win against the chargers so special is the fact that trevor lawrence never flinched like trevor lawrence put on a show of some of the worst uh, football we've seen in the playoffs and then the second half it was some of the best football we've played out a uh, play out of quarterback in the second half so What 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 makes it scarier is the fact that now it's it's basically known that even if they're down by 27 points they're not out of it, right? These guys are gonna keep slinging it, and it makes Trevor Lawrence scarier. That you know, no matter how big the the difference is, or how bad he's playing, you can't count this guy out. And that, and obviously it's not. I'm not comparing Tom Brady, but young Tom Brady was that guy. Like it, it was like no matter what happened, like in that in that Falcon Super Bowl when they're down 28-3, no matter what happened, you always knew that guy was lurking. And obviously Trevor Lawrence has to do this three, four more times for us to actually like put him in that class. But that's what makes him so scary. Like I, I thought for the longest time. Justin Herbert was going to be that answer of the guy that's going to take down Mahomes or, or the next great AFC quarterback that's going to rival the, the big dogs. Maybe it was Trevor Lawrence the whole time. Like, I, I came away thoroughly impressed with Trevor Lawrence. I've always thought Trevor Lawrence was, uh, like, I'm not saying overrated, but I always thought that he was. Um, you know, his lore was bigger than what he actually accomplished. I mean, at the end of the day, he was surrounded with some of the best talent possible uh, at Clemson and in his high school days. So, I mean, I, yes, he's going to win most of those games. Last year was a complete train wreck with Urban Meyer. So, I don't, you can't glean too much off of that. And there are stretches this year before he went on this hot streak uh, before week nine where he wasn't the best either. So, you know, it's this late, you know, late coming on that's the, that's what's impressive for me. Um, and it's the best time to come on is when it's late in the season and the playoffs. So, I'm looking. For this game, it's one of the, the, the best games of the weekend. It's going to kick off with a bang. Um, obviously, everybody thinks the Chiefs are going to steamroll, but do know that Jags Chiefs game in was a late uh, November was closer than people mm-hmm. even would, have would think, right? It was 27 17 was the final score. Trevor Lawrence put up 259 yards, two touchdowns. Um, the Jags offense wasn't really the problem that day, it was a defense that day that put up. Like just gave up, that didn't prep much of a fight at all. Like, I mean, they they let Patrick Mahomes do whatever he wanted, 331 yards, four touchdowns. Like, that's, you got to figure out a way to slow them down. And if you can keep her in the 20s and and travel the owners and score 27 points, I I can see this being a Jags victory. I mean, that would be absolutely insane.
1: Dude, can you imagine like the the hellscape that the NFL would be? You have the Jaguars take down pretty much the golden boys of like the quarterback class in the AFC and they steamroll their way to uh you know an AFC championship game. That dude, that would be the most wild storyline ever. And, you know, the spread and the total, I mean, the spreads at Jaguars getting eight and a half points, the total's uh, you know, set at fifty-three. The money line is Jags plus 340 right now on DraftKings. It's minus 425 for the Chiefs, so it just went on the money line. I mean, dude, like I said, I'm the psycho that has, you know, Jags plus 8.5 and, and Jags money line is one of my best bets this week. And, you know, I think, Jay, to your point, like this, this feels like it's going to have to be a big Josh Allen game, right? And, and you know, on the defensive line, not Josh Allen, the quarterback of Buffalo. Believe it or not, there is a Josh Allen plays defense for the Jags. I mean, it's going to have to come down to are they going to be able to contain Mahomes? Because we've all seen like they've been, you know, people have been able to get home and he figures out a way to slither his way out of pressure and move the chains type of deal. I mean, this is going to essentially be like the definition of like, get you know, gap discipline, edge discipline, everything. So I'm hoping Josh Allen has a big day to disrupt this passing game, but I I can't wait. You know, 4.30 on Saturday can't come soon enough.
0: Yeah, and it'll be interesting because obviously – The, the book on Patrick Mahomes is if you keep him in the pocket and you make him throw from the pocket, that's when he is prompt to make most of his mistakes, right? If you let him slither to the right, to the left, like you said, Puma, he's going to carve you up. He's going to roll out, get those two, three seconds I needs to have a wide receiver come open. 50 yards downfield He's going to fling it down there, and it's going to be a massive game. So keep him in the pocket, obstruct his uh, his throwing lanes, and, and you could force him into making some, some mistakes. Mm-hmm. So, oh, can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. And the fact is, it's like right out the gate, like the first game. Like, we're, we're ready to go, you know? Yep. All right, let's move on to the night game on Saturday night. The Giants taking on the Eagles in an NFC's clash um to a lot of our well actually to not many of us surprises uh the the giants actually won up in minnesota which was a, a fraud team like the vikings are just a fraud team but you know the eagles are coming off a bye week they're getting healthy there's still questions about Jalen hurts's uh shoulder um obviously he came back and played in the season finale to lock up the number one seed but uh the, the eagles didn't look the best uh in that in that performance against the giants so third time that this is happening these teams are meeting and you believe there could be an upset here correct
1: Dude, I'm the psycho. I'm you know a lot of the dogs are going to be barking with me this weekend. I got the Giants plus seven and a half right now in DraftKings. Uh, I have the Giants plus seven and a half as one of my best bets, but I also have the Giants money line as one of my best bets. Here's the thing, Jay. Out the gate, you hit the point, the the nail on the head. I mean, these guys played the last week of the season. Uh, Jalen Hurts was out there. The Giants rested all their starters because they had nothing to play for. And even with you know Davis Webb and a bunch of backups. I mean, it got dicey towards the end. Like they, from a betting perspective, the Giants covered, but like they definitely made it interesting towards the end. And the Giants, you know, they they ran out of time a little too little, too late. But I think they could have potentially won that game if they got their act together a little bit earlier. But now that they have their starters in play, you know, Jalen Hurts has the bum shoulder. Uh, you know, he was even a, an oppressor today, saying that you know he knows, and I, you know, I'm I'm paraphrasing here. He knows every week that there's a bounty on him. He's not that worried about Giants players targeting his shoulder. I, I don't know where that came from, but okay, Jalen. Uh, but he's dinged up. Uh, Lane Johnson on that offensive line, he's been dinged up as well too down the stretch. And you know, this Giants pass rush can get home. Dexter Lawrence is looking, uh, you know, looking. It's one of the you know top 10 potentially defensive lineman right now in the NFL, Uh, showing why, why he was drafted 13th overall. Uh, a couple of years ago Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a force to be reckoned with for the next couple of years uh, in the NFL, in my opinion. And the the Eagles can be beaten on the ground and Saquon Barkley is looking like vintage Saquon Barkley. He's looked like that all season. He's been healthy. He's going into a contract year, potentially. And, you know, Daniel Jones, uh, you know, Brian Dayball and, and, and Kafka, the offensive coordinator, they've really seemed to have unlocked DJ. Uh, this season. They're using his athleticism to the, you know, the most of his ability. And, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of design runs with DJ, like we saw last week against the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that's going to continue here, you know, no disrespect to the Eagles. They have the, they are the better team on paper, but you know, the chargers were also the better team on paper last week. So like that really doesn't mean anything at this point, in my opinion, Uh, you know, the Eagles have the better defense you know, it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know, Darius Slay, uh, you know, he's who's he going to lock down? There really isn't a true number one receiver for the Giants. So, like, I guess Darius Slayton would be the number one guy. But, you know, Isaiah Hodges has really come on. So it's I can't wait to see how they're going to scheme these guys up and hopefully slayton gets rid of the stone hands and will actually catch the ball uh he did great last week up until the final drive and you know he's lucky kirk cousins won kirby because this could have been a very different discussion going into this game preview but give me the giants plus the points give me the giants on the money line and don't go big blue
0: yeah i mean um i think the way the philadelphia eagles attack the giants is by Loading the box, making sure you shut down Saquon Barkley, and you make sure that Daniel Jones throws from the pocket and beats you. I still... Have not seen that from Daniel Jones. He yes, the biggest games he's had this year is against the Minnesota Vikings, both in was a week eighteen, week seventeen, and then obviously uh, last week. But then again, who doesn't throw a party on the Minnesota Vikings? I mean, for God's uh-huh. sake,s Mac Jones looked like he was the next time Brady with three hundred eighty two yards and three touchdowns that night. So Mike White, uh, Mac Jones, name it. People have gone up to Minnesota and obviously carved them up. So I'm not ready to jump on the Daniel Jones um, bandwagon just yet. Now, obviously, if he beats the Eagles, we'll have a different discussion right so that, that, that that's a, that's going to be a good discussion we'll have but I, I just think the philadelphia eagles are just a superior team and philadelphia is a little bit out of sight out of mind right now so obviously they're kind of buried we haven't seen really seen them play like good football since Jalen hurts hurt his shoulder so they've just been kind of lurking but let's not forget just how dominant this team was like at one point they were 13 and one and we were asking questions about you know are they gonna lose again before before Jalen hurts hurt his uh his shoulder so I, I think the Eagles are going to steamroll. I think it's just too much for the for the Giants to overcome. The Giants are a great story. Like what Dable has been doing, has been nothing short of a miracle. Like with the amount of, uh, with with how he's turned that franchise around. Uh, no playoff appearance since 2016. Won their uh, 2016. I'm sorry. Won their first playoff game this year in a long time. So it's it's all very good, positive trending for the New York Giants. Um, but I, I think the Eagles are just are just way too good uh, for the Giants. Now the one thing I do want to say is. I think, like obviously, Dave Gettleman gets a a bad knock in, in mm-hmm. uh, his time there, but let's not forget he did draft Dexter Lawrence. He did draft Andrew Thomas. Like two of the key linchpins on the offensive defensive line that are blossoming now are because of Dave Gettleman. Like obviously, he's not perfect. I'm not saying that, uh, but there are but there are some good pieces on that line, both defensively and offensively, to build for the future.
1: Hmm. Exactly. And hey, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong. This the uh you know prior to 2016 that was the boat photo right with odell and and everybody correct last time my, they were miami. in miami yep. okay yeah I, I guarantee you brian dayball was like there are no boats there's no vacation there is no nothing you guys are going to stay up in in east rutherford we're going to get our shit together and here we go but no i mean it's a, it's a hell of a story and it, it, Jay, do you figure Dave was coach of the year? Because, I, I i mean, I think at this point it is what it is. Like, yeah. I think he is the guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He is coach of the year. Now, the only thing I have a little bit of a concern, Puma, is I think the – let me phrase this in a, in, a, in a way that makes sense. I'm not saying they're fraudulent. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is mm-hmm. their resume this year and their schedule this year and the wins they've had this year are against some – pretty bad teams and let me run you by. let me let me run you through the schedule right so week one you beat the titans okay that's a great win well we thought it was a great one at that time but the titans aren't that great in, in in all likelihood right they beat the beat the panthers next week uh, fine whatever they lost to the cowboys they beat the the bears great they beat a bad packers team right um they beat a ravens team who i will give them as a good win sure we'll knock that's a good win uh they beat the jaguars it's another great win um seahawks they got steamrolled they beat the texans they lost to the lions they lost to the cowboys they tied with the commanders they lost to the eagles they beat the commanders um they lost to the vikings and then they beat the colts and then lost to the eagles like besides those two wins and even those we can be like ah, i can see some flaws the jaguars weren't playing that well and the uh, Ravens, you know, obviously they had their issues back then as well. Like I just, I just feel like there isn't like any single time they've played like the Cowboys or the Eagles or somebody growing their schedule, they've lost, right? And mm-hmm. and I'm just saying that they're not fraudulent, but I'm just saying their resume and what they've done so far isn't that great. Does that does that make sense? Does that make sense to you or no?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like one notch above fraudulent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, Got it.
0: Yeah. Got it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, like they, they really haven't been somebody of value since that Ravens game, and and, and I guess the Ravens were playing well at that point, but. Even even the Jags win at that point, like they're, the Jags are playing some pretty bad football beginning being the year. So, right, like I, I just, i mean, looking <clears> back <throat> on it now and seeing what things have turned out with the Packers being bad and obviously some of the other wins they've had. Like it just, I just think they're right for the pick in this week. I, I think this could potentially get ugly very quick for the Giants.
1: Right. oh I've been saying for the most part all year, you know, especially with you know your brother, the oh, biggest God. fan of the Giants that I've ever seen. I mean, I've been consistent saying that I think personally that this team is a year or two ahead of schedule. Mm -hmm. So, like, we're going to find out, like, if if it's going to, are they going to be able to hang and keep it close? Or is the point going to be proven they're going to get their heads, you know, beaten in? I'm leaning towards the trend continues. I think they're going to hang. But, I mean... Dude, all bets are off at this point. It goes with any sport. Like, just get to the playoffs and see what happens. And of course, this well, is this is it. And I mean, is this Sirianni's like first real case of yeah. the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Well, he, so well. He
0: got demolished last year in uh, in Tampa Bay. Remember?
1: That's right. Yeah, so yeah. like, is he gonna is he gonna be loose this time? Is he gonna be a little bit tight? Like, there's so many storylines going into this game.
0: Yeah, I can't. I cannot wait. It's gonna be so good. But Puma, the game of the week. The Cincinnati Bengals are traveling up to take on the Buffalo Bills. Oh, I cannot wait for this. Sunday, 3 p.m. cannot come soon enough. I am so damn excited about this game, man. And this is a game that obviously we all know what happened Monday night football. The Bengals and Bills are supposed to play. The game got postponed slash canceled because of the Demar Hamlin situation. Thank God he's doing well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's going to be in the stadium on-, on Sunday to give those guys a little boost. Um, but Puma, like this game right here, man, like this is fireworks. This is where, this is what football is all about, especially with the NFL in today's day and age. We got to win this game, man?
1: Dude, I'm torn, man. This, this could go either way. One, I'm, I'm amazed this is not in the primetime spot, but that's just me. Uh, but gun to head, like I'm going to go with the bills. Like I think, you know, having DeMar Hamlin is going to be a big boost in, you know in that uh you know in the the psyche and the emotion of the team and of the, the city of buffalo especially you know it's we never got to have that game you know finished uh from a couple of weeks ago from monday night football but you know i think the Bengals are going to keep it close i mean the number right now is at five uh with you know the bills laying the five points here like i'm inclined to take the the points with uh with the Bengals and other underdog uh, underdog barking with me um, you know, it's going to be close. And, you know, the bills, they weren't playing the most crisp of football last week against the Miami dolphins. Uh, you know, there were a couple of times where it looked like Josh Allen, that team was, was tightening up like a lot. Uh, I don't think they actually loosened up a little bit until, uh, there was a turnover in the second half, uh, from I believe it was Skylar Thompson. I believe it was a fumble. I just can't remember. Tyler Thompson are a running back, but there was a turnover that was generated. Uh, the Bills had plus field position, but they were playing tight the majority of that game. And I, I think they might've been buying into the press. So, you know, it's going to be a, a tune-up game essentially uh, with the, the, the third string quarterback in there. But the Bengals weren't that crisp either. Uh, they they kind of uh, had their pucker factor go up uh, tenfold against the, the backup quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. And literally it was a bobbled, you know, pass uh in the end zone on a hail mary that kept that team from uh, that game from going into overtime and quite frankly jay like you said i think that i think the ravens probably would have won that game if it went to overtime uh but i'm gonna go with the bills here i, I you know especially the, the the deciding factor for me is just the concerning nature of the offensive line um i know joe burrow has experience playing behind an offensive line that's a bit of a sieve but you know who knows if Jonah Williams is going to play? Uh, he left that game last week against Baltimore with with a knee injury, and it sounds like he dodged a serious bullet. But I I don't know, you know how much of uh you know an asset he's going to be this week against you know the Buffalo Bills with you know Traymon uh, Traymon Edmonds and you know Epinesa and Ed Oliver and and whatnot in that front four. Matt Milano is going to wreak havoc on that pass game as well too. So. You know, I, give me the Bills. I can't wait to see the matchup between Tredavious White and, and Jamar Chase. That's going to be my CTV. But it's it's definitely going to be a close game.
0: Yeah, man, this is going to be such a good game. And uh, let me start by saying this. I mean, short of Damar Hamlin running, out of the, uh, running onto the field or being in that stadium and giving them a complete boost, I mean, obviously if that happens, then all bets are off and I got the Buffalo Bills winning. But... If we're just talking about fair, even evaluation of these teams, man, I I think the Bengals are gonna win Puma. Like, the the the, the Bills just scare me so bad. Like they they are that team that. Uh, so there was times in the Miami Dolphins game where we we're texting where I thought the Miami Dolphins were gonna win that game. I I really thought for ten minutes or so that team was gonna pull off the upset because. The Buffalo Bills and how they play football is so damn reckless. Like, it's not even being aggressive anymore. It's just being reckless. And and it it comes down to their quarterback. Like, I mean, the stats floating around out there right now. Josh Allen has had... 32 turnovers, which includes um, you know, interceptions and fumbles. I mean, that that's 32. That's like Jameis Winston level of ineptitude when it comes to uh, turnovers, right? So, if he's going to keep putting the ball on the ground and there's no indication that's going to stop because obviously who you are in the regular season carries over to who you are in the playoffs, I expect to see him turn the ball over at least three times this game. And, and if that's the case and Joe Bord is not going to turn the ball over, then you've got no chance. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter where you're playing, whether it's Cincinnati, Buffalo, or a neutral site. Like, the bench are going to win that game, so the Bengals are too good. Um, Jamar Chase can get loose. Joe Burrow is Mr. Cool. I know he's missing three offensive linemen, but we've all seen the fact that no matter who's out there for the offensive line um, for for Cincinnati, and no matter how many times he gets sacked, Joe Burrow is going to have that team in in contention. I mean, they they made the Super Bowl last year with the most sacked quarterback ever, so... I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. I feel very, very scared for Josh Allen because, I, like, you know, we all talk about this all the time. I've become a big fan of Josh Allen. I like the guy. I like everything about him. But, my God, he's turning into the modern-day Brett Favre with the amount of turnovers he has, and, mm. and it's going to catch up to him, man.
1: No, for sure. It, it's kind of funny because this is probably going to be more bulletin board material for the Bengals. But, Jay, you see, like, earlier in the day, I, I forget who was reporting it, but essentially the NFL told the Chiefs and the Bills that, like, they could start selling tickets for, like, the neutral site game. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't see a mention wow. of, like, the Bengals in there. It was just Chiefs and Bills. So, like, That's a Madison phase. Avenue, or wow. I'm sorry, Park Avenue is already anticipating a Chiefs-Bills you know, the uh, AFC championship game. And, you know, who knows? Maybe tomorrow they'll have, like, a, a release come out that says, like, oh, the Bengals can start selling, like, tickets for, like, the neutral set game. But clearly some people think, you know, I don't know who, but clearly some people think that it's going to be Chiefs-Bills. And I, I would kind of be interested to see who is that referee crew on Sunday. I'm not saying a fix is in. But I am saying that some of these calls in these games in the playoffs have been,
0: how to word this, shake? A,
1: a little questionable. <laughs> a
0: little, a little questionable. My God. Well, did you see the report that the owners are absolutely furious with the league office that they can't seem to fix this, um, this um, officiating issue? Like, like owners are pissed off. Yeah, because they're all in bed and getting
1: money from the the sports books now. Mm-hmm. And Jay, like I saw the report, you know, la, uh, early last week, where uh, essentially the NFL came out and said they're going to do an investigation in the how the uh, the the Seahawks Rams game was officiated because there was a lot of questionable plays and. You know, I, I think essentially they came to the conclusion that the Lions would have been the better matchup against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's it's the Fox guarding the hen house. Like, what real change is going to happen? Like, the NFL is doing this investigation. They're the ones that employ these guys. They're the one that have a collective bargaining agreement with the unions. And unless, like, you start docking these people's pay or you actually get rid of the dead weight a la jerome boger the nfl version of angel hernandez in major league baseball there's going to be no change there's going to be no change we're going to have three day we're going to have monday tuesday wednesday and a bitch about the refereeing of the games on sunday and then it's going to be forgotten by the time thursday night football comes around the nfl don't give a shit well the only time they're going to start tightening up now is because of how much they've gotten in bed with the sports
0: yeah i mean at the end of the puma like it's Jerry Jones said this years ago, you know, all good news, all all, all press is, is good press. Is that what it is? Is that what he says? Well, something to the effect of, like... No any matter, good news, yeah, yeah,
1: any press is good news.
0: Like, he loves the fact that this controversy around the, the calls gets people worked up. Like, it, it gets a, a rise out of you. So, like, when when, some, when an organization or, you know, a team gets a rise out of you, then they got you in their pocket. You're hooked, you know what I'm saying? That That is mm. it is what it is, so... I, I don't see it changing. I think they like it this way. It's part of the model for the NFL, and I think that's just how it's going to be forever, man.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Before we move off this game, uh, speaking of that Miami Dolphins-Bills uh, game, did you see Mike McDaniels hitting his vape pen?
1: Like that guy. Oh my god. Did you see that? <laughs> yes, video? I did. did you yes, see? I did. did you
0: see how like he tried to maybe that's it? why <laughs>
1: they didn't get the calls in in time? Because I'm watching that game. Real quick about that game on both sides of the football jay and, it, bro. You know, this might come in for McDermott this weekend. There were times where and I get it, like hindsight is 20 to 20, but like you're calling time out to kill a play where the play would have eventually worked in the first place. It's like you're doing that against, like, Skylar Thompson, you know, the third-string quarterback. Like, uh, are you going to be even more tighter against Joe Burrow and, and company, like, at home this week? Like, that's the big concern I have. But, I mean, going back to last week, the the, the questionable timeout usage is, I don't know why it was taking so long to get the play into Skylar Thompson. Uh, it, it, there's a lot to – I don't think it's just a Skylar Thompson issue. There is a lot that needs to be cleaned up in the offseason and moving forward into training camp, unfortunately, I'm like, how to get the calls in as quickly as possible, especially with, like, the game on the line. Like, you should have probably been practicing the two-minute drill a little bit more going into this game against Buffalo last week.
0: Yeah, and um, I get it, but to be real with you, Puma, I'm thinking about this game while, while it's happening, and for that brief 10-minute period where we all thought the Miami Dolphins were going to win this game, I was thinking to myself, Mike McDaniels has outcoached Sean McDermott three times this year. Like, mm-hmm. let's be real about that. He won down in Miami. He beat the Buffalo Bills. Uh, four weeks ago, the Miami Dolphins traveled up to Orchard Park, and they go toe-to-toe, blow-for-blow. And the only reason they lost that game is because I believe the snow came into play. And then with a third string quarterback and Scott Thompson and the wide receivers dropping balls left and right, and not helping out the quarterback at all, he still somehow was able to get in the in the game when he was down 17-0 and potentially win that game. I'm sorry, hats off to Mike McDaniels. Bro, vape all you want. Like you outcoach Sean McDermott three times this year.
1: Mm-hmm. So And yet there's people that think he's gonna be fired. Yeah, what the hell come is on. that?
0: Like why is there, I don't like, know where did that come from? Like what is that?
1: That's I don't know. As much as I love Armando Salguera, former uh, you know, beat reporter for the Dolphins of the Miami Herald, I, I don't like, know where it came from. Maybe it's just to get traffic to Outkick, Probably. Which I don't well, really because think. Those they guys, need.
0: Yeah, but those guys are like that though. I mean, they're they're like the Fox News of, of sports reporting, right? So like they're going right. to say things to get people to 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 funnel traffic out there. So I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't see it happening, so I don't know, man. That, that's weird. But. Yeah. All right, Let's move on to the last game, Puma. The Dallas Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night at 6 p.m. Who y'all win this game, bro?
1: Liam, I'm laying the three and a half with the 49ers, one of my best bets this week. Uh, you know, no disrespect to the Cowboys. What they did, they exercised some demons last night. They won their first road game, and you know, pretty much the time frame that I've been alive. I'm, I'm 30. 34 years old, and uh, yeah, they, they haven't won a road playoff game in 34 years, essentially. So, you know, I don't know if it's more so like everything came to, came together for the Cowboys finally. I mean, clearly Dak looked great. Like, I'm not going to take anything away from Dak Prescott. Maybe the thumb finally healed because he looked, you know, god-awful pretty much every game since he came back from the injury uh, from the thumb issue. With uh, You know, he was guaranteed to have a turnover in every game. He was clean with the ball yesterday. Uh, I don't know if that was the thumb just feeling better. Maybe they hit him with some feel good medicine. Uh, but you know the all the skill position players, the wide receivers were hyper elite. Uh, but was that more of a product of how bad and dysfunctional the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are? Yeah, I'm going to lean that way a little bit. And also, like Brett Maher, not only did he miss four extra points and was drawing the ire of Dak Prescott on the sideline, but if you go back to last week. When they only scored a touchdown against the Washington Commanders. Maher also missed the extra point in that game, too. So technically it was five extra points in a row that the homeboy missed. Uh, clearly there's something going on upstairs with uh with Maher. Uh, I think, you know, you know, they 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 circled the wagons today. Mike McCarthy essentially came out and said, Maher is our guy. Well, yeah, you're, you're on a short week. You're going into the divisional round, and the the free agency pool of kickers is not that great. Like, are you going to bring in Amendola to be the kicker? He was really lighting it up earlier this season with his three other stops. Uh, you know, Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, nope. I, I think Maher is still better than him. So they really didn't have a choice. They still have to roll with Maher. Is it gonna it's gonna essentially come down, in my opinion, to, you know, potentially an extra point, potentially a field goal? Is Brett Maher turning into Chuck Knoblock of the New York Yankees, where towards the end he couldn't throw the baseball to first base? We're gonna find out this weekend. But the 49ers, I think they're the better team. Uh they're the better coach team, in my opinion. They have the better offensive play caller, uh, the best offensive play caller in the NFL. And kind of an under the radar narrative, Jay, but This is essentially like a a revenge spot for either Dan Quinn or Kyle Shanahan because one pretty much blames the other for what happened in that Atlanta Falcons-New England Patriots Super Bowl game. So this is going to be something to watch. Uh, Brock Purdy, he kind of played a little tight in the first half against the the Seattle Seahawks, but he seemed to get more comfortable as the game went on. You know, Debo, Samuel avoided some injury uh, concerns with you know, kind of with the dirty play on, on a tackle where it looked like the the Seahawks uh, defender was trying to gator roll him, essentially. But you know, I'm going to lay the points here. Uh, the the offensive line for the Forty Nineers better. I, I just think every skill position and schematically uh, is leaning in the 49ers' favor. So I'm I'm, I'm easily laying the three and a half. Uh, and you know, the money line is minus one ninety. Maybe you want to pair that with like a, a you know an underdog uh to maybe get some better value but dude give me give me the 49ers all day
0: yeah absolutely man um i think uh i think you know i'm locked step with you right there i think the the 49ers are going to win i think this could get ugly this could be a little bit of a blowout i think top to bottom the San Francisco 49ers are better in the offensive attack, they're better on defense, um, they're better coaching wise. Schematically, Kyle Shannon can run circles around Mike McCarthy. So, you know, I'm not gonna spend too much time here on the 49ers winning this game, but I do want to talk quickly about Brock Purdy. Like, I think it's time we start to consider this is not just a flash in the pan, but this kid might have something. I mean, this kid on on what was it Saturday night or whatever whenever they played. Like they they basically were a little tight, like you said early on. But then like it just like a like a switch flipped, and all of a sudden this dude is like the next Joe Namath out there, right? I mean Joe Montana out there. Like he looked amazing. He scored four touchdowns in total. Put it this way: in seven games, I believe the stat is Jimmy Garoppolo had like four seven playoff game. He has four touchdowns. This kid had it in one game, right? So mm-hmm. there's something to be said about how how he doesn't when the moment's too big he has good resolve he gets the ball out as, as soon as possible he understands the system well he has good command of it and it's not just a simple like well anybody can win that system narrative that, that's an absolute bs I and mean, we've seen trey lance struggle in the system we've seen cj bett or beat whatever his name is struggle in this system we've seen nick Mullen struggle so it, there's something special about this kid i, I think after this weekend, like, he, the story's going to become national. Like, hey, is this the next big thing late in the playoff, late in the draft? He comes out, enormous story relevant. It's going to be quite the storyline if he does make to the NFC Championship game.
1: Oh, for sure. Dude, can't wait. Can't wait. It's And, you know, the kid... The kid's doing everything Jimmy Garoppolo's done at a quarter of the price. So now the 49ers looking forward regardless of result. They're, they're going to have to do some uh, pretty big soul searching on what they're going to do with the quarterback position moving forward with Trey so, Lance, this guy, So and
0: quickly, uh, let's talk on this. Is Trey Lance era done in San Francisco? I mean, is that over?
1: I think so. You know, yeah. I, you know. I think for what he is, and yeah, sure, like, his the ceiling could be a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes type of deal, but, you know, North Dakota State, no disrespect to North Dakota State, uh, you know, Division two powerhouse, and hell, I mean, Carson Wentz went there and won a championship, uh, but... I just he hasn't had enough reps. He wasn't that he wasn't a starter for that long. It kind of gave me flashbacks to like Mitchell Trubisky at North Carolina. Like he didn't get a lot of starts there, but he was taken, you know, I believe he was taken second overall in that draft class uh by the Chicago Bears. Funny enough, the 49ers traded out of that spot to get a defensive lineman Solomon Thomas. But, you know, I just I it He's on the rookie deal, so like, yeah, maybe a team is willing to potentially trade for him uh, just because you can't build around a rookie contract. You know where that landing spot is. I quite frankly have no idea. Uh, but I, I think the Lance era is over at this point, in my opinion.
0: Okay, all right, that's uh, that makes sense. Um, there also might be an era over, and that might be the Lamar Jackson era in Baltimore. This oh. story has been percolating for about four or five weeks now, and it came to a head when he decided not to play in the playoff game. He decided not to even travel with them to Cincinnati and play. Uh, you know, provide support. It seems like he is basically done with the, the Ravens, and the Ravens might be done with him. And he posted on Instagram a couple days ago um, some stuff along the lines about how when you have something good, you pour into it, you appreciate it, because when you take care of something good, that that good thing will take care of you. Uh, basically, you know, obviously we don't know what's happening in Lamar Jackson's personal life, so I don't think this is a relationship thing, right? I think this is strictly pointing right at the Baltimore Ravens saying, hey, you didn't appreciate me for what I am, and now you're going to lose me, right? This is basically his way of of getting back at the Ravens saying, haha, I didn't show up for the playoff game, and now you're going to lose me. So how do Mm you think this thing is going to finish, man? How do you think this thing is going to unfold? Like, we all understand that the divorce is happening right in front of our eyes. The breakup is happening. Do you think he gets moved? Do you think the franchise tag is hit on him? Will he come play on the franchise tag, which is something he said he won't do? How do you see this messy situation that's going to get very messy here soon once the offseason comes uh, play itself out?
1: Yeah, everyone says they won't play on the franchise tag until it comes, you know, you know uh, nuts to bolts. And it's like, all right, well, if you don't want to play on the franchise tag, then you're not going to accrue a season and you're going to delay your free agency by a year. I think they're going to, I believe they're going to hit him with the franchise tag. Now, whether or not ownership throws enough dollar signs at, you know, Lamar Jackson to, you know, soothe these ruffled tail feathers is a different conversation. Personally, I don't think so. I think they're going to either make him play on a tag or they're going to do essentially what the Packers did with Devontae Adams and have him sign on the tag, you know, find a trade partner that's willing to Pay him the contract that he wants, and you know, obviously with some draft capital attached to it as well too, and then uh, and then go from there. Uh, Jay, the only landing spot to me that would make sense would be potentially the New York Jets. Like, I don't, re- I don't really know where else he would go. Like, I don't think he's going to hitch his career to like uh, a new coach or anything in the Carolina Panthers. Uh, but you know, it's also going to come down to. Is the, you know, it, are the Baltimore Ravens willing to trade him within the conference? I don't really think so. I don't think they're going to want to play that guy, you know, potentially two times a year if they make the playoffs. Uh, so I think it's going to be the franchise tag. They're definitely going to hit him with the tag. Uh, and hopefully they, you know, in their opinion, they're going to find a happy medium where these, the dollar signs can soothe these ruffle tail feathers. And honestly, I think it's also going to take a little bit of acquiescing on John Harbaugh's part. Uh, because I feel like, uh, you know, the Lamar camp and people close to Lamar and, you know, some of the beat reporters for the Ravens have have been over the Greg Roman experience for a long time. And they are clinging hope to, you know, Lamar is this polished passer. And, you know, we kind of saw that in 2019 with, you know, him and Marquise, uh, Marquise Brown, uh, especially in that game against the Miami Dolphins. But it was the Dolphins in a rebuild year. but. You know, he did show flashes of being a proficient passer at times. I think John Harbaugh is potentially going to have to get in a guy that's going to be willing to air it out. And that's also going to mean, you know, now you're going to change up the scheme and what wide receivers are going to want to go there as well too. So there's a whole lot to unwind here, but I'm going with franchise tag and, and uh, you know, potentially finding a happy meeting with the contract.
0: Puma, um, Lamar Jackson to the Patriots, confirmed.
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: They don't even know who's going to be calling plays in New England. Oh, so, hey, If Bill O'Brien calls plays, he basically can run the same system that Deshaun Watson ran in, in Houston. I think that could work out. But that's, that's far-fetched, right? I mean, let's talk in reality here. And I think the, the guaranteed money is the hang-up from everything I've gathered, mm-hmm. all the reporting out there. Now, to give you an indication of what kind of money Lamar Jackson is looking for— he wants somewhere in that Deshaun Watson guaranteed money range, right? So most NFL contracts are written up like, you know, $250 million, $300 million, blah, 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 blah. All those numbers are, are somewhat funny money, but the guaranteed money is the money that most NFL athletes look to to truly evaluate the value of a contract. Now, Deshaun Watson got $230 million guaranteed. Uh, Kyler Murray got $189 million guaranteed. Russell Wilson got $165 million guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers, $150, and Matthew Stafford, $130. That rounds out your top five most guaranteed money contracts in the NFL this year. Now, it looks like Lamar Jackson was thrown a $130 million contract per all reports by Steve Bashadi, and he scoffed at that. Now, the question is in your opinion, Puma, guaranteed money wise, is 130 a slap in the face for him? Or where do you think that money should land for it to be feasible for him to sign that contract? Because I guess Steve Bashadi's point. I really do. Like I, I would not throw a lot of money at this guy just because a like I get it, he had one great MVP season, but like like I, I keep coming back to this. Like even if you are healthy and you're playing at your best level, you're still the fourth best quarterback in the conference. You're still behind Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, and depending on how you're, Trevor Lawrence might be behind him as well. Now we'll see how that pans out. Like I, I still think he isn't an elite enough quarterback to warrant that kind of money. So where do you think the guaranteed money should land for DeSean, for uh, Lamar Jackson?
1: Well. See, this is why I think NFL owners want to tie That's the so family so behind point, the good truck. Point, good point. Because that, yep. they have real, they have really screwed the pooch. And I, I remember like years ago when you know Kirk Cousins was the first one to get a fully guaranteed contract. That was fully guaranteed at eighty-eight million. Like the, the, these bozos guaranteed Deshaun Watson two hundred thirty million dollars. Not only just guaranteed two hundred. I'm sorry, was two hundred fifty? You said right.
0: Something like that, yeah, yeah. I believe something like that. No, I'm sorry, I take it back. It was two thirty. Yeah. It was two thirty fully guaranteed. Yep,
1: two thirty fully guaranteed, and fully knowing that there were other like civil suits that were floating out there in the wigs. So the NFL ownership and Roger Goodell probably want to take turns at you know having five minutes alone with the Haslam family in in a in a room with a two by four. So you know, I kind of discount that. I that is you know beyond. You know, hey, here's, a, here's some, uh, you know, yayo, take a line, and we're going to m- drop this contract. Uh, Murray clocked in at 190, you said? G- give me, like, t- give me two through, a- give me the rest. Two through uh, Stafford. Yeah,
0: so we got One two, more time. 230 guaranteed for Deshaun, 189.5 for Kyler, uh, Russell Wilson at 165, Aaron Rodgers at 150.7, and then Matthew Stafford at 130.
1: I mean... I would probably make him. God, like, if I saw a report of like 160 million dollars, I I wouldn't look at them funny. Anything north of that, um, I'm I'm gonna be out at that point. Just because you know now we've seen like the big concern of like the knee injuries for a you know a mobile quarterback where the majority of the game is drawn from. So. You know, again, unless they're going to get, like, this new contract done and they're going to revamp the offensive scheme and get some new skill position players in there where he's throwing the ball to more than just, you know, Mark Andrews and, you know, Isaiah Likely, a tight end waiting in the wings. Like, maybe, you know, Devin Duvernay if he stays healthy next season. But that's, like, way down the road. But, like, 160, I wouldn't look at it funny. Anything north of that, you know, might as well tag him, trade him, and get uh, get some assets back, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and that was my next point, Puma. You took the, the words right out of my mouth slash notepad. I do believe this is a an, a vested interest by the league and Steve Bishotti to correct the quarterback market. I truly believe Steve Bishotti is one of those, you know, grizzled veteran NFL owners like Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, who doesn't go out there and make dumb mistakes like, um, like the Haslams did, right? So... I believe this is simply a a, a metric used by Steve Bisciotti and the Ravens to correct the quarterback market because if they don't correct it now, this could be a runaway freight train and could turn into MLB's contracts, and we don't want that in the NFL. So I think you hit a puma right in the head. This is this is calculated. I'm sorry, like the, the way this is screaming with just how how much they're digging in with on the Ravens side. I think it's not just performance-based. I think this is more of a, hey, we got to fix what the Haslams did.
1: Yep. And, like, you know, let's say he's – let me me rephrase the question. Like, who do you think would be in the market for Lamar if it's a tag-and-trade scenario?
0: Well, you hit it right on the head, Puma. Like, it's not just a quarterback you bring in and he learns your system. You learn his system. You you create the offense around him. It's not an easy plug-and-play situation. Like, if he goes to the New York Jets Puma, you just wasted um, Garrett Wilson and all those wide receivers you drafted in the past three years, right? Like, it's it's something you got to build from the ground up. And this is where I think Lamar Jackson is missing the point as well. Just as much as the Ravens need him, he needs them more. Like, they, they can simply go out there and win with Joe Flacco like they did in the past. They can go out there They could go out there and pick up Mac Jones and win with him. I believe that. I truly believe with the defense they will put around that kid and the fact that they will have an competent offensive coordinator in there. I think they would be all right. Like, I'm not saying they're going to win the zero Bowl, but if they do with Joe Flacco, what's there to say Mac Jones can't do it? You feel me? With Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, you've got to understand, like, there's no other team that's going to, like, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say nobody, but there's a lot of teams that won't put all that time, money, effort, and resources into you like, it took years to build a system, you feel me? And don't give mm-hmm. me that like, Greg Roman crap that he's a bad offensive coordinator. Maybe you're the bad quarterback. Maybe they're doing whatever they can to bottle you up and not have you turn the ball over uh, and the fact that you can't throw the football downfield and the best thing you can do is run the football. So, like, I, I think there's a lot there and I think, obviously, this is where not having an agent is, is bad because your mom is your agent and the best thing your mom's going to do is hype you up, right? I mean, that could be a detriment where you're hitting the, the, the most positive thing possible from your mom. But in reality, like... Y- <laughs> it takes a lot for you as a quarterback to work in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I want to see how this plays out. This is going to be really. Fun. I can't wait! Mm-hmm. I can't
1: wait! Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: Speaking of off-season, interesting storylines. Let's talk about some coaching stuff, Puma. The big one being Sean Payton. Uh, He's the big fish out there. Uh, He's the coach that everybody wants. He's been linked to so many different organizations. Officially, it looks like this week he's meeting with the Texans, the Panthers, and Denver Broncos, with more teams looming in the background. Now, Sean Payton himself went on Colin Coward's show the other day and said Mickey Loomis is looking for a mid-to-late first-round pick as compensation because... Um, the New Orleans Saints hold the rights to Sean Payne's contract. So if he was to sign on with a new employer, whether it be the Denver Broncos or the Texans or the Panthers, they would in all likelihood need to send a first-round pick back to the New Orleans Saints. So, Puma, where does Sean Payne land in your mind?
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Cha-ching, cha-ching, um, money bags in Denver maybe?
1: <laughs> maybe, but here's the thing too, and like I know – I know the general manager, you know, Payton is taken taking it in the teeth in Denver, but, like, I feel like he's done a good job the last couple of years in the draft and in player personnel. You have to understand, like, wherever Sean Payton goes, he is going to want essentially, like, autonomy to do whatever he wants with the roster. Like, are they willing to part ways with, you know, Peyton to... You know get to acquiesce and give this you know sell out and get Sean champagne uh, maybe i i don't know if they're ready to go down that road but i mean essentially like the the walton family has really no ties to Peyton he was hired by the previous regime uh the 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 Bolin family uh Bolin, Bolin family trust I should say so you know th- to them it would be an easy break in my opinion it would be I I would not be in agreement with that move I thought he's done a lot of good things in in Denver in my opinion um the mid to first round uh, mid to late round for, uh draft pick for for compensation does that really apply for the Panthers who are in your division I think that's going to be different but I also think, uh, you know, Dave Tepper is just tired of having this rebuild that's going on. There's a lot of young core pieces. And I, I think he would be the dude that would be willing to overpay and give him everything that he wants. And, you know, let's be honest, when it comes down to brass tacks, the taxes are a lot lesser, a uh, lot less in, uh, in the Carolinas here. And then, you know, the taxes. The if I had to rank it, I kind of go... I go Broncos, Panthers and Texans, but I feel like if he goes to the Texans and I said this to you offline, like if he goes to Houston for some reason, you know, he is definitely going to be running that show, Mm -hmm. especially with no more Jack Easterby. uh, And uh, I think Nick Casario would be on borrowed time at that point. Yeah.
0: Nick Castoria is probably, probably out the door. Like, I mean, I don't understand how that guy has a job. Like, he's basically, every single turn and every single decision he's made has been a bad one. Like, obviously, we can't put the Deshaun Watson thing on him because he walked in that situation. So, that was not on him, but, like, the hiring of David Culley, the hiring of Levy Smith, uh, the draft picks. I mean, I can't I can't name a positive draft pick over the last two years in our roster. Can you? Besides maybe Damien Pierce? I mean, other than that, I mean, but that's beside the point. The bigger point here is Sean Payne. Like, let's see. Let's, let's be real, man. Like, I think he's truly in it for the money. Like, I I don't think he Mm -hmm. I don't think he really is like, you know, he's a young coach coming up. He's trying to make his name in the game, trying to win the Super Bowl. I think this is about the bag for Sean Payne. And the wealthiest owners right now are the Walton family and the Denver Broncos. Like, that Walmart money runs deep, brother, man. And I think that's where he's probably going to end up. Now, there's a lot to be played out with regards to how is he going to mesh with Russell Wilson? Is Russell Wilson fixable? That's going to be part of this whole uh, ordeal as well. Um, And then the other thing is, like you said, like, how much control are the Denver Broncos willing to give him, right? And I think with the Walton family... It seems like those guys are, are in it for the right reasons. Looks like they've spent money on the stadium, facility, new turf, all that stuff. Seems like they're going to throw the money around um, as needed. And I think they're going to acquire some of the power he, that uh, to him that he wants um, to ensure that they win. So uh, I'm looking forward to see where it goes. But I would love to see Sean Payne in the AFC West. Really be a thorn in Andy Reid's side. That would be kind of fun to watch for a mm-hmm. for football season.
1: Oh, yeah. But, you know, kind of surprised he's not going to be in powder blue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, don't even start on that. We'll talk about that here soon. Uh, Any other coaching news you want to hit on? Is there anything else that stands out to you in regards to the the coaches? I mean, I know Jim Harbaugh said he's finally going to go back to Michigan. I mean, that's one thing that comes up every offseason, like Aaron Rodgers um, and Brett Favre back in the day. Um, Anything else that stands out? D'Amico Ryan's being linked to a couple of different jobs. Um, I saw Ben Johnson Twitter for the Detroit Lions said he's going back to Detroit. So, what, yeah what's in your mind what do you think is
1: percolating out there i mean jay no no disrespect to the harbaugh family but like is the word that strong like you're telling me that if the ncaa doesn't like you, you don't get word that they're gonna really turn the screws on you for this like recruiting mishap you're not gonna jump ship like a P. Picar- pk like i literally believe that when i see it i'm not holding i'm not completely closing the door well, so you think he's if gone that- I'm not saying he's gone. I'm still saying he's exploring his options and he's doing like the Harbaugh thing to kind of stay in the in the press a little bit. He, he's he got a, a penchant for putting his foot in his mouth from time to time. And, you know, if you were really staying at Michigan, is there really any need for, you know, one, for you to do the initial news release a couple of weeks ago, right before the NCAA investigation comes out? And then two, like, michigan football program itself does like a quote from you know hey the the mm-hmm. athletic director hey i spoke to like if that's the case there really should not have been like two press releases at this point saying that he's gonna he's gonna keep his job i'm not holding i'm not i'm not completely closing the door out uh, door on on harbaugh you know you're telling me if dave tepper goes up to him and says listen i will give you complete control of player personnel I will give you what Michigan is not willing to give you, which is a payday. And this is what they, you know, a first year coach in this system in the Panthers, and you got, you know, lace up your boots and do a rebuild. He's not going to jump and get in that bag if Michigan's not willing to pay him. Mm, I'm not closing the door on that. Okay. All right. So you th- I do think D'Amico Ryan gets a job. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh,
0: but- he has to, man. He's got those boys playing on a fucking line, man.
1: Mm-hmm. i think D'Amico ryan's gets the job i just hope it is not the houston texans <laughs> like you know what i mean like nobody gets the shit like who is going to want to go there and be done you know be canned in a year so mm-hmm. i think he's going to get a job you know god like there's just there's so many limited chairs like i would do you think he goes to the arizona cardinals maybe but now it's like the general manager for the cardinals came out and essentially said like you know, egos will be checked at the door. You will not be on this team. I took that as a direct shot to the Kyler Murray camp. So I can't wait to see how that coaching process is going to go. The other thing I want to hit on real quick was I thought it was kind of funny uh, last week how news came out that uh, Cliff Kingsbury is chilling on the
0: beach in Thailand and is
1: like told his agent, I'm not interested in anything this year. Yeah.
0: He's probably burnt out, man. Like, Cliff, Cliff works hard, man. Like, he really does, bro. Like, he he gets in there at 4 o'clock in the morning, man. And he leaves at, like, like, midnight. Like, I don't understand how he sleeps. Like, I think he's worn out. I really do. And, like, Cliff gets a bad rap, but I think he's a good coach, man. Like, I've heard from, like, different, like, B reports along the way, uh, especially in New England, that say, like, some quotes they've heard, like, make them – Reevaluate what they think about Cliff Kingsbury. Like, so basically, what I'm trying to get at is like everybody thinks Cliff's a buffoon, right? That's that's the narrative, right? But mm-hmm. beat writers that are talk to people inside the NFL say the hardest team to game plan for and the hardest offense to game plan for is Cliff Kingsbury's a raid offense. Like, when that thing is running and it's humming and Colin Murray's not being a, a moron, that thing is hard to defend. So, he gets a bad rap, bro, but I hope he gets his mind right. I hope he comes back next year and hopefully he aligns himself with a nice quarterback. Like, could you imagine him with Justin Herbert? Could you imagine if, if he wasn't in Thailand right now and he was the offensive coordinator for the Chargers? My God, that would be so much fun.
1: Yep. Yeah. Hey, so, uh,
0: so let's skip the Chargers debate real quick. We're running a little long, and I really want to have this Patriots thing before we wrap up, but let's talk about some Patriots news. Are you cool with that? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> by that, go by, for it, Jay. By that tone, <laughs> I can tell. No, it's it's not a rant. It's just an update for the people. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I really want to talk about this um, this um, statement that Patriots released on Thursday night, which basically was a two-word statement that said, "Well, first of all, it's kind of weird the Patriots are releasing statements uh, they don't really do that." So, it said Patriots are going to extend Gerard Mayo, and they will begin interviewing for an offensive coordinator. Now, now it's just two simple sentences, but it says a lot about the the mind and the um, where this um where the statement's coming from now this is seems like it's directly coming from robert Kraft because we've never seen bill belichick in the past um go out there and you know let somebody know what they're doing in the offseason who they're talking to contract wise because bill belichick is a very like you know we're going to keep everything close to a vest kind of guy and this seems to be a uh a, a robert Kraft sort of uh of statement so some of the leading candidates for the offensive coordinator job is going to be bill o'brien looks like tommy kern is is uh saying that's basically a done deal um there's still some hangups. That they're trying to work through so we'll see how that pans out which seems like it's going to be the best fit when it comes to mac jones the offense just because in the past you know mac jones has worked with uh, worked with mac uh, with bill o'brien at alabama um and obviously bill o'brien has worked it with the Patriots and bill belichick in the past so it seems like bill o'brien is probably gonna be our uh, our offensive coordinator some of the other names linked to the job which i think are just far shots are like mark Tressman, adam gaye um, Chad O'Shea, some of these guys, I don't think really they're 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 candidates. So, so what's your thoughts on that, Puma? It looks like Bill O'Brien's coming back to New England.
1: Yeah, it sounds that way, and I, I think the only reason why he wasn't there this year is because I, I correct me if I'm wrong, Jay. I think that Bill and Nick have like this gentleman's agreement where. If you're on Nick Saban's coaching staff, you have to be there for two years before you jump ship, type of deal. Yep. So yep.
0: Yep. So basically, they, they have a close friendship. They've uh, they've went through was it Michigan State together. They went through the Cleveland Browns together. So they're friends. They know each other. They get together in the offseason season, talk football, and they have an agreement that they they don't try to poach each other each other's coaches. And if they do, then that guy's got to give them at least two years before they start talking to the other guy.
1: Yeah. So you know personally Jay I think it's a big mistake I think they need to stick with uh Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as the, uh, <laughs> as the offensive coordinators I mean no Jay and, and you, you hit the nail on the head this this statement was directly from the owner's box and and rightfully so Jay I mean there, there was there you already had like that the gauntlet throw down uh the off season this year where Bob Kraft pretty much came out and said like I am tired of losing playoff games and and not having a playoff victory at home or not having a playoff game at home. Like, you know, it's been three years now, this needs to stop and clearly it did not stop. And I, I, at some point, like it's gonna have to be like, should I get off the pot? Like you are going to change your coaching staff or we're gonna say that you are retiring type of deal. And I feel like, like Jay, at this point, if let's assume Bill O'Brien is the guy, right? Let's assume Bill O'Brien is a dude. They go to the playoffs or, you know, they they lose in the first round again or, hell, God forbid, they have another morbid season like they did this year with a, in theory, competent offensive coaching staff. Then what does Bob Craft do? So, like, a lot of eggs are in, in, you know, a lot of things are in this, this offensive coordinator hire, in my opinion. Like, they have to nail this. Like, you can't. You know, are you really going to tie your wagon to Adam Gase and Smelling Sauce, Mark Tressman with his one cup of coffee, the Chicago Bears is a head coach? I mean, they're going to have to sell out, they're going to have to get Bill O'Brien. And hope to God that this works and turn things around with Mac Jones.
0: Yeah, this is a lot of pressure on Bill O'Brien because this could be the last stand for both Mac Jones and Bill Belichick, right? Um, like you said, Puma. You know, Robert Kraft said it's been three years since he won a football game. That was before this season. Now it's four years without a foot without a playoff win. So let's say the next year they make the playoffs and they lose again in the first round. That's five years without a playoff win. Like how is Robert Kraft going to feel then? So I-, I think I think it's. Um, it's stupid of us to think that Robert Kraft is gonna sit by a sideline and watch a Bill Belichick get his little Don Chulo record and walk away, even though the team is trash. I think I think Robert Kraft this offseason in the week long it's been has already sent out two like firing missiles at Bill Belichick. The first one being, did you see that uh the uh, the memo he sent out to the uh, to the um, the season ticket holders? Basically saying to the effect of, hey man, like this isn't good, we're working on it, like stuff that you never see happen before um uh, out of the out of the uh, out of the ownership box so i'm looking forward to see how this uh this season plays out a lot's on the line um you know the nfl season just never really stopped we just got done with the the Patriots season about a week ago and i'm already looking forward to the next year man
1: yes sir definitely yeah. gonna be
0: fun to watch
1: get your popcorn uh, ready yes sir
0: all right last segment we got the best bets with the puma and before you start puma i've been on a little bit of heat i've been winning some money on DraftKings and FanDuel, bro
1: Yes you have. Yes you have. You've been crushing it. Been crushing it. Thank God uh you know those parlays though they were on life support last week a couple of times but this week uh my best bets with the Puma Um I have I got the Bengals plus five earlier in the week I also got the Bengals plus three and a half but I went to DraftKings to got the better number uh just before recording at five. I think it's gonna be a close game. So I'll go with that. Uh, Laying the three and a half with the 49ers against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Jags, actually, I got Jags plus nine before the line moved to eight and a half. And I got the Jags money line. uh, And then rounding it out with Big Blue. Give me the uh, Giants money line. And then Giants plus seven and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Very nice, very nice. You want to see what you want to hear? What bets I put in so far?
1: Yeah. What What does G Chima got?
0: All right. So this is all still on my free money. I still haven't touched my money yet. I'm like up like two hundred fifty dollars right now, so which is nice. Um. So my free bets, I still I put in a ten dollar wager for Kansas City money line, Travis Etienne a time score, Patrick Mahomes two hundred fifty yards plus passing, and Trevor Lawrence over two hundred forty three yards. What are the odds in that, like, plus 570 or something? Dude, how'd you almost hit that? It's 516. Ah, nice! Oh, look at that. Puma here doing his math wizardry. And then I took a flyer. This is my, my like, crazy, like, nuts parlay, okay? This is um, anytime TD for Travis Kelsey, uh, Travis Etienne, Saquon Barkley, AJ Brown. Um, that's going to be a plus 1245 um, for the odds, and it's like 20 bucks is going to get you, like, Two fifty or whatever it is, but this is like a more aggressive one, you know. I
1: uh, dude, I hope Kelsey comes through for you because the last couple of times he did, Kelsey anytime touchdown scores, homeboy laid an egg for you. Yeah, oh. yeah,
0: but but I mean, they look at him. I mean, he—that's I mean, all you can ask for, right? They look at this him hardcore. True. So, um, I wonder if I have anything in DraftKings. By the way, DraftKings—I don't like them as much as I like Fanduel. Like Fanduel seems to be more um, more free in how they let you bet stuff. You feel me? Mm. Actually, yeah, I can buy that. Actually, know. I've won. Uh, so I hit that parlay last week with McCaffrey, Jamar, and Buffalo Bills. And I haven't put anything in DraftKings just because I like the odds and the uh, the flexibility better on, on FanDuel.
1: There you go. Look at you becoming a pro-ish, better like myself. <laughs> Shopping lines, getting the better number. Love
0: it. Yes, yeah, sir. All right, man. Well, listen, we're 64 minutes in. We've rambled on for way too long. Let's call it a day, man.
1: All right. This episode of the pod, previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio podcast, can be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your podcast at YouTube as well. Too, uh, YouTube, be sure to hit the little bell button get to you know get notified when videos just drop in the feed. Be sure to hit the subscribe button as well. Too, uh, Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five star review google podcast five star review as well too social media wise facebook instagram pro football radio podcast the twitter machine at pfr podcast i'm on twitter brando underscore puma jay chima the captain of the ship on the ones in the tubes, is at jay chima hit us up like subscribe follow download share dms are open hit us up anytime more than happy to talk to you gambling aspects you know odds whatever game previews anything at this point hit us up we'll to talk to you about one of them
0: enjoy the weekend guys we'll talk to you guys next week
1: via condios